Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Live Well Bipolar podcast. You guys, I am not alone this week. I am bringing you someone that we have been talking back and forth. We literally hopped on just before we hit record, and I was like, I feel like we know each other. This is our first time actually meeting virtually here, but I have B Russ in the house today. He is a rapper and content creator with Bipolar 2. Diagnosed in 2017, he spent the last few years using social media as a tool to normalize conversations around mental illness and build community. He's currently working on new music that will speak to his struggles with bipolar and addiction. And if you guys are not already following him, I will have his information in the show notes with his Instagram that you can follow him on there as well. And yeah, I just want to say, B-Russ, thank you so much for making the time to come out. This has been a conversation that we've been having back and forth, but we're finally here. We're finally going to be getting into your story today. Yes, yes. I appreciate you uh, having me. Like you were saying, I feel like um, I'm trying to think when we first... uh, I think I was telling you like a while ago, I actually had started following you like a while ago, like when the like master your mental. Day. Oh, the yeah, OG. So I'm low key kind of like an OG like follower, but uh, it's it's great to be here. Great to have this conversation. Like I really appreciate it. Yeah. And see, like that ties in with the biggest point that we want to talk about for you guys today is community. So what Brandon's really been super, super amazing at on Instagram is using his stories and his struggles and being super transparent, super out in the open, vulnerable, leaving no stone unturned so we can have these conversations. And I remember you telling me that with the back in the day, because you guys, if you've been here since the beginning, the podcast was crooked illness and master your mental and now live well bipolar. So that just really shows how deep these connections really are and the impacts that each and every one of our stories has on somebody. Cause you really don't know what someone is going through and what Mm -hmm. you can put out into the world, whether it's what Brandon's doing with his music, with putting out those clips and putting out his experiences online and having people really hit home and resonate. So I know we talked about a little bit in the intro that you were diagnosed in 2017 with bipolar Mm -hmm. two. So Can you walk us through a little bit about that process of what was it like for you to receive your diagnosis and how did you feel following that? Yeah, I mean, so I was diagnosed with bipolar 2 in 2017, but I would say the 11 years leading up to 2017, um, I thought, you know, I just dealt with anxiety and depression. So like um, when I first went to college, you know, um, I know I posted like a song about this recently, but um, I I went as a music major. Like I had a band scholarship to play the drums. I wanted to be an audio engineer, like mixing people's records. I wanted like my own label, like all of those things. And then um, I would say in the month, maybe month and some change leading up to band camp, I have what I know now is a panic attack. And so literally the worst time man. like it couldn't have been a worse time for me to have something like that because it changed me it changed and I, I didn't know like how to take it because I'm 17 at the time and so now you send me to what was equivalent to the NBA to me where it's competition a lot of pressure now it's like okay you got two weeks to learn all this music before football season starts I was a wreck like they were teasing me because anytime I would hold the sticks, like my hands are like trembling and things like that. So I say all that just to say, like, it actually was like 11 years prior that I had already 
thought that this is what it was, but then 2017 just kind of brought more clarity, I would say, but it, it wasn't a great feeling. Um, the day that it happened, I actually had been experiencing um, depression, um, those, those symptoms, more like um, suicidal thoughts, things like that. And I had to uh, reach out to like a, basically like a crisis center and they sent a team out to like assess me. They were like, okay, like there's some community resources we can send you to like today to go get some help. So I go and I'm talking to this nurse practitioner about like the depressive symptoms, but this kind of goes back to like sometimes knowing like the right questions to ask to get the right information. So she started asking me just different questions and it basically allowed me to express the symptoms of hypomania that I was experiencing that I didn't even know because I, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't understand bipolar. So when I was told I had bipolar, my world like literally stopped in that moment because I'm like, this is not what I was expecting to hear today. And I felt literally uh, in a building full of people when I was given that news, like I felt alone. Like it was like the lights went off, just the spotlight on me, that type of thing. It was a very lonely uh, experience. And I didn't know like what to do with that information. I didn't know who to tell. I didn't know how to tell them, like things like that. So, um, yeah, that the day specifically was a, it was a weird, <laughs> it was just, it just wasn't the best experience, but uh, it's kind of like the things that like led up to, long story short. Wow. And yeah, if I'm getting this right, that was 17. So you're 28 now. Is that? I'm actually, nah. So I'm, man, I'm kind of old. Like I'm, I'm 35. Okay. But at the time in 2017, so I was like 27, but from 17, to 27, 28, if I'm following this timeline correctly, I spent those like 10 to 11 years thinking I just had, I, I just was dealing with depression. Mm. Um, I had different therapists like mention little things to me along the way. Like, I don't know if that's, but they will always be like, I can't really say anything because it's really your doctor's job to like diagnose you. But now looking back, like knowing what I know now about bipolar, there were like symptoms throughout that whole decade, but mm -hmm. it was more on the, the side of hypomania. But again, because I didn't know what that was and because it didn't manifest necessarily as something like quote unquote negative at the time, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that timeline makes sense because you're relating this to like, this is like me going into doing my MBA right now or something super, super serious. I worked my whole life where that's like, I'm super passionate mm -hmm. about and excited for, but then this is what I'm dealing with. And I don't really know how to put it into words, how to exactly express it. And it's even mm -hmm. scared to do that, to express it. If you kind of can tell what it is, but yeah. that's really helpful to understand like, just that timeline of you saying, like, even those 11 years prior to when I actually got my diagnosis at 27, I've been yeah. dealing with this and now looking back, I recognize the symptoms, but I didn't have any insight into it because yeah. who was really talking about this? I know I feel the same way when you talk about this because I was diagnosed almost 10 years ago and I okay. didn't see anyone, like I didn't know of anyone publicly open about bipolar disorder yeah. or living with bipolar disorder. And I didn't even know about mania, hypomania, like none of this stuff until it started to kind of come around more, more yeah. so with what you're saying. But yeah. I would yeah. love to hear about your take on the interest with the music where did that come about because you talk about having this passion and wanting to be a sound engineer wanting to do all these different things where did that birth from yeah so i actually uh 
like some I would say is more like, I guess the whole nature versus nurture. So like nurture wise, um, I was exposed to music like very young, but it's because I come from a family of musicians. So it's like my grandfather was a jazz trumpet player. Oh, who wow. played, like, you know, in a band, like toured and different things. My mom played in a band as well. She was a drum player. So she played the drum. She played percussion. She did all of these things. And so um, I would say probably as early on as I remember, like five, six, you know, growing up, my mom playing heavy vinyl, like Bob Marley, <laughs> Temptations, Motown, Carlos Santana. Like she has such a wide and like rich taste when it came to music. And that's kind of like the beginning of like my exposure to music. But then um, having my grandfather sit me down when I was really young one time and try to like teach me a song on the piano. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is something that I actually like. But I would say like high school is when it came around to like meeting friends that had like little studio setups in their room and things like that. And so literally just teaching myself like how to produce, how to record myself, how to like mix my music. Mm -hmm. And so going into college, I was like, yeah, like this is what I, you know, want to do because, um, I just remember like the the feeling I got from listening to a wide range of music, but it it, it kind of comes back to like that connection with storytelling because for me to live in like Richmond, Virginia, but hear someone in California talking about Cali life, it would take me there. You know what I mean? I didn't have to mm -hmm. go, but so yeah, like just just being exposed to it early on and having family members that had like musical experience, I guess kind of just set me on like the, you know, the course wow. to, to do those things. That's cool to hear the whole background, especially when you say your grandfather being in the jazz band, touring your mom to yeah. exposing you that at a young age and like, sitting you down, like, here's how to write music, put this all together. And then in high school, seeing friends with having studios and then having those connections and knowing like, this is really what I love. This is what I enjoy. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Cause I yeah. feel like there's so many people, especially when they're young, they're in that period of transition out of high school. Like, do I go to college? What do I study? And I feel like it's such a common thing of being forced into, well, I guess I'm just going to go to college because everyone's telling me to go and I'll just pick this major. And if I like it, I like it. But that's really cool to know from such a young age that you've been able to say, this is what I like because of that connection with storytelling yeah. that I think is so cool to, to visually see the ways in which the lyrics can really transport you to those places mm -hmm. that maybe you can't go. Maybe you don't have access right now to get there, but you can hear that music and be in that moment. And that's mm -hmm. really what I feel like when I see the, the lyrics and the songs and the work that you're putting out. I know you're always sharing on your stories of like in development with new music and new projects with this, but talk to me about the background with that. Cause I know a lot of people that I talk with who also live with bipolar, they talk about their experience being comfortable going online and, and sharing some of their background, their story with bipolar disorder. I know I definitely dealt with that in the past of, all right, now I'm very open with it. What was that like for you when you decided to start wanting to build this community? Yeah. So um, I would say probably in about 2018. Um, I've been on Instagram since probably like 2014, something like that. But, you know, just random pictures of my food, me at the club, like whatever. <laughs> it literally had no type of theme or anything like that. And so 2018 came around and I started growing my page as just a straight up rapper. Like 
everybody that came to my page came to hear me do music. And then one day, um, I think I was preparing to uh, go either inpatient or either just getting out of an inpatient hospitalization. And I was just like, you know what, like, I'm just about to turn the camera on and kind of talk about this. And like, when I go back and look at the video now, like you can tell I was not comfortable whatsoever. Like I wouldn't even look at the camera. I was looking at the ground. But the response I got from that one little video showed me something. I thought I was chasing fame or money, but it's really impact because to see people hit me up like, yo, like I'm going through that now. Or like, you know, I appreciate you saying that because like, I want to say that, but like, I just don't know how to or whatever. I was like, okay, like noted. So continue doing the music. I was doing like these little freestyles over like other people's beats, like every single day, every single day. And then started mixing in the, I couldn't even really say just mental health content because it was more like wellness, like just general things. But um, 2020 is when I've, the first time I came out online to say like, okay, like I know I've been talking about depression. I know I've been talking about this, but I actually have bipolar disorder. And I think after like saying that, it, it kind of made it like, it, it wasn't like a scary thing anymore because, you know, now it's out on the table. And then from there, it's just been more of a journey of like, okay, like now I know I have the courage to do it, but like, let's refine the message. Let's find ways to get into like how to tell this story, like the marketing behind it, like all of that. And so I'm honestly still trying to figure it out, but it's becoming a lot more like clear, like this is what I stand for. And this is what you're going to get when you come to my page. But um, yeah, it, it, it just, it really started out as just something just to try. And then seeing the way that it impacted people is what drove me to want to just dig deeper and be more vulnerable and peel back these layers. Cause at the end of the day, there's literally probably thousands if not millions of other people that, I've realized like, damn, like they're just like me, like, but you know, so. Wow. That's so cool to hear the progression of it. When you say, look, I've been on Instagram since 2014, like we all are right with our food, with our out of the club <laughs> partying, like that, yeah, that was me. Like yeah. my whole page was, and I actually lost. That's why I had a rebrand to live all bipolar. Cause I lost my yeah. master of mental. I lost my, all my page and everything. So oh, wow. but I'm like, you know what? Okay. Maybe it's a good thing because I was wanting to shift anyway. So sometimes life unexpectedly throws things at you. Literally, when you talk about 2018 coming on and, and talking more openly about this, but then in 2020 saying, I know you guys have seen me doing different raps and stuff about topics related to wellness, depression, some different things like this, but I actually live with bipolar disorder. And then seeing that impact of those messages, those connections, and really just seeing more of that clarity and in, in what you're doing and how that's really helping. I think that that speaks so much because it's, mm. I think it's, it's what keeps us going. And especially when you talk about the highs and lows of being like, Hey, I, I opened up in 2020 when I was coming out or get, getting ready to go inpatient. I think that's super important because no matter how much work 
that we do on ourselves or how much knowledge we consume on bipolar disorder and these communities that we put together and the support networks that we have, we're still going to have those moments where things come up, they resurface, we get knocked off, we're having those bad moments. And what I really love about you is when you talk about that, because it literally, it shoots me back to moments because I'll watch your videos and I'm sitting there like, this literally reminds me of what I was feeling last week. This literally reminds me of where I was at earlier this at this point in my life. And it just helps me remember that and then see how is this part of my story now? And just yeah. seeing other people, like, it, again, going back to that moment when you said that you got your diagnosis, you said you felt alone. And I felt yeah. that same way, even though I was like, okay, this is cool to know this is what it is, but what do I do with it now? I don't really feel like I have that support or anything like that. So get going off of that, you talk about when you opened up, you're like, I watched that video and you could tell I wasn't comfortable. Like I was looking all over the place, but I did it right. And something that I want to do too, while we're on here is give our girl Missy a shout out from comfortable silence. Cause when you said said that word, I was like, we gotta say, we gotta say it right now. You got the, you got the tea on. Yeah. And again, see, that's someone that we know who's part of this movement of telling our stories and creating something, right? Whether it's music, clothing, something that we can hold on to and keep as part of our routine or a reminder of where we're at, where we've been and where we're trying to get to. So I'd love to ask you too, with everything that you're working on and something I think is super cool that we have in common is we both have worked in case management. So Mm -hmm. I know for me, I was hospitalized, diagnosed, court ordered, the whole thing. I went back and I worked at that same hospital in that as well. So I want to hear if you can give me the lesson that getting into this kind of work has taught you that Mm. you did not think that it would. Mm. I think honestly, like one of the biggest lessons that I've learned recently coming into this work is that help looks extremely different for everybody and it doesn't make everybody wrong you know what i mean and that just gets down to like the true essence of person-centered services so um one of the jobs that i had um, before the job that i have now I worked at a day program for adults with developmental and intellectual disabilities. And, you know, I was a direct support specialist for a year. And then the uh, four years after that, my job was basically in essence to be a case manager for the day program. So I would have to interview um, individuals lead into like their ISP meetings to say like, hey, like, What's your hopes and dreams? What's important to you? What are your preferences? Do you prefer to work with male staff members or like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And then I would have to carry that into the meeting and present that to the state or the other stakeholders to say like, this is what they would like to work on. This is why this is important to them, things like that. But it kind of prepared me for things even outside of that role because now in the role that I'm in, it's I'm learning like, you know, you may have the agency that has an agenda and not in a negative way, but just like just a certain way that things look to them that may be extremely different for the person you're providing help for. So, um, you know, and, and it's all culturally based too. That, that's another important thing because you know, to suggest one thing to somebody who has a whole life of whatever else behind them that brought them to this point. Um, Help may not look like, okay, you need to learn this coping skill. You need to 
exercise, you need to do this because they're still trying to figure out how am I going to eat tonight? How am I going to, you know, so that's a huge lesson that I learned. Like it just, it just looks different for everybody. And I think instead of looking at someone now to be like, damn, like they might be a little bit wrong. Like I'm like, well, they might be right because that might work for them. And, and who am I to tell them that that's wrong? You know what I mean? So I think that's like a huge lesson that I learned. And I think the other thing that I, I've learned, um, man, I, I would probably say, uh, oh, man, um, if I can be completely honest, mm -hmm. not everybody that works in this field should be working in this field. Yes. I and love I that you say that. Oh my gosh. Cause that was literally my experience. I remember everything you just said reminds me of my experience going back and being there because it, mm -hmm. for me at least, and I'm not going to speak for anyone else. Cause I know there's certain hospitals clinics that are different, but it mm -hmm. was hard when you are around people who are in the space, they're other, whether they're other case managers, they're a psychiatrist they're whatever their role is. Right. Mm -hmm. that can be really negative and speak mm -hmm. really negatively and demeaning about the clients and the people coming in to get treatment. And it just made me feel hopeless. And it made me feel like I was constantly having to try to cheer everyone up. And it was hard because I was pretty young. Right. And it's like, people would look at me and be like, you're 20 something years old. Why are you up here? And it was right. like, part of me wanted to scream and be like, it's because I was a patient here. And mm -hmm. I know what it's like to be on both sides, but you can't really mm -hmm. do that, you know? So, and I'd love to hear your input on that too. Do you feel like wh where you're at now, you can actually open up at the place you work at and say, Hey, I have a bipolar diagnosis and this is what I support people with. Or do you feel like, no, I kind of leave that separate. <laughs> so the funny thing, um, I was telling someone this the other day about the whole community piece is like, I'm so locked in with y'all that. I then leave Instagram and TikTok and go out into the world like that's Instagram and TikTok. So my interview for this job, I can't even remember how it came up, but I was just like, yeah, like, and you know, I, I struggle with a lot of things that these clients do because I deal with mental illness and they were just kind of like, okay, so like, I didn't really have a, an issue like telling them, but like, after I said it, I was like, oh, like, mm. This isn't like a post or a story. Like this is a job interview, but it was a knee-jerk reaction to just be like, yeah, like, yeah, this is what I this is what I deal with. But like it's no shame in that. And yeah, so it's it's cool, man. I <laughs> admire that because I literally felt the same way. I worked in different places too. And I I would go in and I got to a place where I was like, I just didn't care anymore. I was like, I'm gonna be so open and like yeah. This is what I do. If it comes off a certain way, I know I'm doing it with good intentions. And I know that's the hardest part. And you talk about this recently in a post of people in different jobs and feeling like I have to mask and like not show, you know, I can't come out here like we do on social media and say, Hey, I'm having dealing with this today, or this is part of my bipolar. We have to present a different way when you're yeah. in a different environment. So I think yeah. that's amazing because I know for me, like I've definitely had jobs. I can tell you where I did, I did say that and I was open and it was, it was weird. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. And I could feel, I was like, man. And, and we start to get on ourselves of like, I shouldn't have said that. Why did I do that? And we get all these thoughts files going. Yeah. But I think something that you do really well is you talk about the importance of education and mm -hmm. accessing the information. So I'd love yeah. to ask you, especially when you think about the most important piece of whether it's therapy, medications, a specific mm -hmm. thing someone said to you, what has been the number one thing that 
stays with you that you remember that you're like, this was like a turning point for me in feeling supported? Yeah. Um, oh man. Um, I don't know who said this necessarily, but somewhere along the way, hearing that my life has purpose, like regardless of the diagnosis, because one thing that I'm just learning from inter of like my personal life, interacting with the people that I do and having these conversations is any mental illness really, but I would say it's just because for the purpose of what we're talking about, like, I feel like we struggle a lot with purpose because to wake up one morning and be like, yeah, like I'm set on this goal. Like, this is what I'm interested in. This is what I love. And to have that rug constantly pulled out from under you, put back under, pull. Eventually over the, like, it's only so many times you can go through that without starting to question like, damn, like, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so I think just being empowered in that way of, you know, your life has meaning and purpose regardless of the things that you're you're struggling with. Um, I think, uh, I'm trying to think of like other turning, kind of like pivotal moments of things that I've been told. Um, I think, as it relates to my desire to actually help others in this space, a pivotal moment, this wasn't necessarily something I was told, but just more of an observation of going through these moments of like feeling depressed, feeling whatever the case may be and going on YouTube to look at you know advice and not seeing anybody who looks like me. Mm -hmm. like, Yes, the man part, but uh, specifically a black man, because it's like, it's rare, you know, and right. not from a therapist or provider standpoint, but from a patient standpoint, I'm a black man that deals with this. So I'm gonna talk about this. I didn't see that. And that made me feel even more lonely. So I was like, no, like, I don't want anybody of any race or culture to ever feel like that. But specifically when it comes to being Black, like, I don't want anyone to ever be in a situation or some that I've been in and to look for somebody that looks like them and be like, well, it, it isn't anyone. So it just, it is what it is. And that's, that's a whole nother, <laughs> like, talking itself. But like, yeah. that's a huge thing that really set me on a path of just, getting better but also just being willing to 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 help in this way too like you know what I mean oh my goodness I really think that that's like one of the most important things especially because when you consider other black men who are going through whether newly diagnosed thinking that they could have bipolar and I don't see other people like me talking about this and it's it's easy to say okay well you know, I can do some searches and maybe I can find a therapist or someone who's a practitioner, but I want to see more people who are like me and I can't find it. You literally are helping people who may be watching right now who are like, I feel like I found my person. I feel like I have my space now because that's such an important thing because especially with when it comes down to representation, I think that literally you creating that foundation and you talk about it too, like these messages that you receive and really like that goes back to the point, the pivotal point you said of your story has purpose and value is mm -hmm. people, you, you doing what you're doing 
you're showing people their value and their purpose. Yeah. And it's really cool to see that effective when you said, Hey, I wasn't really comfortable initially opening up about on camera, but over time it slowly, slowly, slowly comes with just doing it more, putting yourself out there more and having that level of, I don't care really what I'm just going to do it because I know it's going to reach somebody who needs it. Yeah. And you thinking about yourself when you were going on YouTube, when you were going on these websites and I don't see that. So you could have mm -hmm. just let it stop you and say, well, I don't see people yeah. talking about, it, so I'm not going to, because yeah. I think that's such an important thing, especially when we talk about culture and your background and upbringing. And, you know, I've heard this as well from other people that I've interviewed who talk about living with bipolar disorder and being black of, I literally was told, do not speak about this in my home, in my family. And, and I, I felt like I couldn't. So if I was told that as yeah. a kid and growing up now, who am I going to see doing that? So I think that right. that is super helpful, but goes back to that impact piece that you say that this is what I feel like I'm really after is having yeah. this impact and this level of something greater outside of myself, because right. especially with the whole focus of this podcast and everything that I try to do here on level bipolar is to really feature more conversations, people from all over the place, all ages, all backgrounds, everything, right. To yeah. really be able to say what has helped you with being able to discover what it even means to live well bipolar. So I always yeah. ask everyone this question and we hit on so many of these points already in this conversation, but if you could give me the number one thing, right. That has helped you in your search in discovering what that looks like. What does live well bipolar look like for you? I know this is gonna sound cliche because we've said this word many times already, but community, because I don't think people so all right, so just for context too, like when I first started getting into posting about like mental illness and bipolar my my thinking was okay i gotta educate i gotta i gotta like teach like dbt i gotta know how to like communicate these coping skills but then it dawned on me at a certain point like there's a place for that but then there's also a place for sometimes it's, it's just like the same concept of like when, when you have a something you want to vent maybe to like a friend like you may not be looking for answers, but you just need that moment of like somebody taking time to listen to you and understand, you know, what what is actually going on. So I would say like community, because, again, like as much as people have said, like I've helped them, like, man, like I literally stayed alive last year because of community and it showed me like people have talents that are way beyond what a diagnosis would say they could do people live not only in the u.s but we're talking about asia africa all of these so when i talk about community like it's it's way deeper than just like you know a, a talk but it's just like literally that opened my mind to a world of possibilities that I didn't know until I started having conversations with people like you, people like Missy, people like Lee, people like, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, like that to me is, has been a huge part, but then even um, purpose, just finding like something that I can kind of put my time and like energy into because when I don't have a sense of purpose or like a direction, 
I'm literally just, it's like a pinball machine. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm literally just going everywhere. And so, um, and I know I'm kind of answering this out of order because it just came to mind. You asked me about like a conversation or like an interaction maybe that had an impact. Mm -hmm. In 2021, I went to an IOP program for addiction and for uh, bipolar. I was there for three months. My therapist, who was a like master's level therapist, had bipolar and was very vocal about it, like in our sessions. And I think that's when it clicked to me too. Like, yo, like you can you can do both. Like you can you don't have to be like mental illness free to be a therapist. But that was when I kind of recognized like who better to teach somebody how to cope with something than someone who is dealing with it. And so I say this all the time now to people, I think some of the most overlooked experts when it comes to our mental illness is us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like, yeah, you might not have been to school or, or for some of like, but it's like, who better to tell somebody about what we're going through than us? So, um, yeah, I know I was kind of uh. I love that. No, I love that you brought that up because that's something that I personally have not experienced, but I can only imagine how many people get into the field of medicine, whether it's therapist, doctor, whatever you are studying because of mm -hmm. their own experience. And there's many that I've been able to talk with who, who do share that. And it's been super cool to be able to see that. And especially what you're saying with the reach of the community and how that this has helped you stay alive and how it's helped you stay here and how people will send you messages and say, Hey, you know, your content is helping me in this way. But I think I really resonate with that a lot because it's the same exact way for me. Like I almost had a moment last year where I'm quitting the podcast. I'm done. I'm yeah. done doing it. I like, I've done it for four years now. I'm taking a break. And it was super, super sad. And I was like, this is what's actually kept me doing well is these conversations and these accounts and these conversations. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I just shut it all down, man, that's literally what you were saying is because there's so many people from all over. We talk about Missy Lee. We got Shaylee in Canada from yeah, this is my, yeah, like, yeah. it's all over the place. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was going to say real quick. So when I say like, keep me alive too, like just to give context, because I think when we started talking, this was kind of like in the middle or starting to get out of this. But this time last year, I had been in a relationship for going on five years. I went to rehab for 30 days. I got sent home from rehab. I was hypomanic. I had a very bad falling out with my girlfriend. Um, I got put out. You know what I mean? Because wow. we had been living together. So essentially was homeless. Like I was couch surfing. I was sleeping on my mom's couch. I was sleeping on the homies couches, wherever I could go just to have somewhere to stay. I would do that. But in the midst of that, I was like, I, I don't have it in me to work right now. But what I do have it in me to do is get up every morning at seven, go out to this park and stay out here. Basically a, a work shift from eight I would from sunup to sundown would be at that part recording content or looking up like other content or marketing, things like that. And then these interactions, like they literally kept me going because if I didn't have content creation at the beginning of 2023, I don't know if 
we will even be having this conversation to be a hundred percent. And I love your transparency always and just the openness of saying, this is what mm-hmm. I went through this time last year, losing that five-year relationship rehab. Essentially I'm homeless. Like I'm couch surfing. I'm dealing with this. I'm not working because I've been there as well. And I know like literally it's so wild when you think about it, but those moments where we feel like we're at our lowest putting our energy when you said going out to that park. And I remember I would watch all of those videos and I was like, oh my goodness, this literally speaks to me so much because when I went through my periods of time with losing jobs, being fired from different places, mm-hmm. like that's when I started the, sh- the podcast and that's when yeah. I wrote the book and everything. None of this stuff would be here. It's putting your energy into here's my pain. And I feel like my pain is in my bipolar and it's because of it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to do it some way that it'll, it'll one day reach somebody. And that's what I think is so cool about what you did and what you're continuing to do is, and just be super open about it and say, this is literally what I'm dealing with right now at this stage in in my life, but not afraid to put that out there. Cause I think that that's really what helps so much. And I want to also, before we hop is let everyone know, I'm going to have it in the show notes as well, but where they can go to get more of you to stay connected. Mm -hmm. So um, TikTok, Instagram, it's the same, the real B Russell, the real, and it's just B-R-U-S-S. Um, primarily, I would say that for right now, um, you know, for the content, for the music that I've been making for the time being, like I would say that that would be like how as well. Um, I'll kind of be getting into probably over the next couple of months, like some other places, but for right now, like, um, the real B Russ on all platforms. Um, that's pretty much it. And like, I actually, I'm around. Like, you know, I I try my best to talk to as many people as possible. It's hard, but mm-hmm. like, I'm definitely somebody that you could just literally just DM me and like, I'll talk. So, please, like, always feel free to reach out. I'm definitely not a like I don't know everything. Like I'm imperfect. Like all of that, but I'm I'm here though. So if you know if if, if there's anything it. I can help with, any like literally anything. Like I'm my thing is really approaching this from a a a, a service like you know a heart of service. I would say right. so. Um, I love it, and I'll have his um handles there for you guys too to connect, but. I want to thank you too for coming on and just sharing your story, getting into these topics, diving into this deeper, because I know we've been going back and forth, but I know this is going to help so many people because I already know just like the impact on your experiences and what you've gone through and just the vulnerability that you have to share this and making people feel less alone. And especially for those out there listening, sitting there, you're like, I'm living with bipolar. I'm black. I don't know anyone else who's a male, who's speaking about this. You have Brandon's story right here. And I want to thank you guys for making the time to tune in. But Brandon, I want to thank you again for coming out. This has been an amazing conversation. I feel like I can talk to you for hours and just more oh, yeah, episodes. It's so much, and, yeah, it's so much to talk about. Oh, but but oh yeah, yeah I, I really appreciate it. I love, I love your content. I love the podcast. Like, you know, so... I'm I'm very appreciative, uh, appreciative and humble to to have any time any chance that I can have to just share anything with my story is just like I, I'm very very grateful for that. So, oh, I love it. And again, you guys, thank you so much for making the time to tune. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to Brandon's story as much as I have enjoyed putting it out for you guys. And on that note, I'm going to end it and say good night or good morning, depending on what time of day you guys are listening to this and we'll see you in the next episode. All right. See you. Bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>